Hi, this is Chris from the Inspired Life Podcast. Really want to thank you for favoriting my station and uh, hope to provide you some valuable content. Anytime you want to call in, questions, comments, feel free. And um, yeah, thanks again. Really appreciate that. Hi, this is Halsey Mark. So um, well, I don't know if anybody else is interested on Anchor FN. I'm doing um, a bit on my show. I know I'm UK based, but I'm willing to um, give it a go. Uh, so if you're interested, please just give me a call in and say you're interested. Or I am available on Facebook as Mark Anthony Rains, aka Ghostman. And you can leave a message on there if you want to learn out more. Uh, thank you for listening to my show. Please be part of the journey. I'd like to interview some people on Anchor FM because I think it'd be good to do a cohabitative broadcast. Thank you. Hi, welcome to the Jose for March show. The following was a talk to of Deborah Hartwell of the British Built Bigfoot Sightings. Like we would use a motorway or a, um, 
wolf. It was wolf-like and had four legs, and she doesn't mention hands or feet, she mentions paws. So this was definitely a, a canid creature of some kind. Um, I think the nearest one we're going to find for you is going to be this one, the dark, the dark more forest, two-legged thing. Um, and this came into Nick Redford, not to me, and, and Nick Redford is a well-known critique to ours in uh, the UK. And this account is from 1991. Um, and it says, seeing at the time, we were located at the back of some toilets, um, but I think it's a young lad and he's out with his girl. Uh, <laughs> very romantic. Um, and they were sat in the smoke and it's night time. Um, I'm just trying to get to the thing, get to the description. I realised that this person had no lights about them to see they were, where they were headed for. So what they've seen is, um, he's been out at night. Oh, what's that? Oh, I'm terribly sorry about that. My uh, internet just fizzled out, fizzled in. I'm back on now. Um, no, this is this 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 account. I can't seem to get to the gist of it. I can't actually find. It's, I remember this one now. It's something to do with Dartmoor Prison, and there is an account from Dartmoor Prison from a, a prisoner who stated to um, a prison guard who went to a newspaper that he saw a wild man on the Dartmoor from the prison eating. Now I contacted the newspaper and could not. Um, 
if you look at the descriptions that people are talking about, a tall, hairy man that lives in the wood, that hides within the trees, um, a lot of people in the UK, you know, research people, think that the green man, I am one of those people, the green man um, tales are all part of this. You've got her, her, and, her and the hunter, Magog and Gog, the, the old giants, and even as far back as the Albina tales, um, one of the reasons um, Britain was called Albany at the time, she speaks of coming over with her daughters, and her daughters had children to the hairy men um, that were from Wales, I think. They were Celts, and they were described as hairy giants that lived in the woods. But actual newspaper reports um, would come in around about mm, 1890s, the 1900s, we started reporting beasts in the woods that were taking sheep or were the, the wild men of Yowen who were supposedly, I think most people know this time, a young maid um, was supposedly pregnant and she said to the judge that it was the wild men of Yowen, your honour, that made me pregnant. Um, so that was the first newspaper report, really. And then around 1927, we have the 40s decided getting interested in reports and looking for them. Actually, uh, a living breathing. 
in hominid, they are interdimensional and can come and go from our dimension at will. I have no... I don't come down on anything. I, I, that's what people's... That's what... The spiritual side is what you're connected to, then that's the way your research should go. Um, and it may change and it may not change. It's, it, it depends what my, pers my personal opinion is. But they are spiritual in some kind of way. As we would have been as cavemen, as early tribes in the UK, you're incredibly connected to your area and the place that you live and in your tribe. Um, and I, I think it's something like a, 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 an oblitech that they have that we maybe had a long time ago and have forgotten about because um, it's a big ask. I'm asking people to believe that they are wild people living in the UK right under our noses, coming very close to towns. Um, and that's understandable that most people say, do not, don't be ridiculous, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. And it felt like that on seeing one that uh, it was ridiculous. And I tried to prove to myself that I didn't see it in every way that I can. And I can't, um, I saw it and that's what I was left with. And there was nothing else that I could do other than try to work out what it was and how I could have seen it and where would it live. And it was in trying to answer these questions that I've come to the understanding that there are about 500 people in the UK that have seen a similar or exactly the same description. The description runs the same whether the report is a Bigfoot, a caveman, um, a wood moose. It doesn't matter what the name is in the description. It's around about seven feet in height. It looks like a cross between a man and an ape. It's completely covered in hair. It's naked. Um, and nine times out of ten, it runs off. Um, when it's approached by a human being, it will run off. The worst things that are reported are... Uh, trees will be shaken, a big noise will be made to, like a distraction technique will be made, a bunch of charge like a gorilla or something like that are the worst things that are reported. Um, do you think like the Amer Americans, like, um, they would like to actually, uh, some would like to actually catch one, you know, like either on film or have it in person? Yeah, I think they would. I think they would. Uh, I think there's some Brits that would like that as well. Um, I think as humans, and I'm only speaking from my experience, if we don't understand something, we tend to fear it. So, like the monsters of old, if you saw something like that, you, 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 there's, there's a great deal of people saying there are monsters out there in the woods and we need to go and kill them. And then you have the other branch that is saying, well, to protect them, we need a DNA sample. Um, which is ridiculous to me, because we don't need to kill an animal to understand that that animal is out there. And we don't need to kill a man from the Amazon to know that there are tribes out there in the Amazon that we haven't come across. I think it's a human thing we have to understand. So to understand, we must trap them, which is never going to happen. Um, we must set up all this elaborate camera equipment because we will get them on camera. That hasn't happened in the last 60 years. It's just, well, 50 years, I'm wrong, Anna. Patek was 50 years ago. There's been no... Um, these creatures are elusive and will stay away. But what do they have to gain by showing themselves to a human? Nothing other than trouble. So why would they? Chris Turner, um, and I'm quoting him wrong, but he said it himself, they 
to see some terrible things that human beings do, and no wonder they choose to live elusively. And that's the difference. They choose to live away from us. So what right do we have to go in and claim a body? And people will say to you, Mark, well, we need to do this because we need to set land aside for them. We don't need to kill them to set land aside for them. We just have to accept that they're there and then set land aside for them. It's quite simple. If what we're talking about is an early hominid, their DNA would be incredibly close to ours. So this is just my personal theory. There's some of the DNA samples that come in where they say it is strange, but it's been contaminated by humans because it's coming back as 94% human or 96% human. That might be a genuine DNA result, and we are just poo-pooing that and pushing that aside. But I am not a DNA expert, and that's not for me to say. But there are people like Alison Wilkinson who is working on the DNA line here in the UK. Um, what do you, what, what's your opinion on that, Mark? What do you think? Do you think we need a body? No, I, I think it's like, it's a bit like, um, I, I, I know I'm really comparing it to aliens, but it's the same principle. Mm. If you find one, you're going to probe it, you're going to dissect it, and, it, and then, then the mythology is all gone. And I think we all need a bit of mythology. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, do, I agree. That I think that even if I got one today and I dragged it kicking and screaming to the BBC, 99% of people out there would still say that I was hoaxing. In the same way that if you walked into the TV studio with an alien, you would not be believed. There isn't ever going to be a way that we can prove that they're here because it's a personal acceptance. So I know they're here because I've seen one. But I can't convince anybody else that I've seen one. I can only convince myself that I was okay. And I'm one of the lucky ones. I had a lady that came forward 25, 30 years later and contacted an American journalist and said that actually I remembered everything that thing as a kid. And I should have come forward then because I saw it two years later. And now I'm a lady in my 60s. I'm feeling incredibly bad that I didn't come forward. So I had some form of validation. And there are other accounts in my area of people, the latest one being in 2016. So for me, I'm very lucky. I'm not the only person in the area that's seen it. But I was still ridiculed, and I'm still ridiculed to this day. Um, but I know that other people have seen it too. I, I'm okay with it. I expect people not to believe me, and I'm fine with that. I, I have a very thick skin. I've had to grow one. It's the other people out there that are on their own that worry me, that have seen this, this, this um, I keep saying creature, and it's the wrong word. They've seen this figure and not known where, where do you go with that? Who do you tell? I told my parents I wasn't believed. Um, I told other other adults, you say go to an adult or a teacher, don't they? And I did, and I was not believed. I was told off for making up stories and things like that. And I was absolutely terrified because I was 15. I saw something so frightening that you don't want to hear from your parents. Well, we don't believe you. I thought, are my parents lying? And there are actually monsters out there and they just don't tell us. Because that's a scary thought. Or it's even worse than that. 
really don't know. They've got no clue. Everybody else around here got no clue about what's running around in that park. They thought he was going to come and get me, but it was 20 years. But it's only, it's the unknown, isn't it, that made me scared. Well, I'm a great believer in, um, but behind everything there's a truth, because that's why we've got the legends of, um, like in horror films, like, um, <laughs> there's always a, a, an element of truth. All right, they've been exaggerated, but everything's exaggerated. The Bible's exaggerated. It's a tale of a tale of a tale. You know what I mean? I, I agree, yeah, I agree exactly. Where do our story, if you take it from the realm of stories, there are regional names for them. Why would we have a regional name for something that doesn't exist? So, in areas of the North East, they are called the Eats, meaning great, as in a big, giant thing. In places in Scotland, they are called the Big Ginger Rare, or the Big Grey Man of Ben McDew, or the, the Wild Man of Yallam. And then we have other names for them, like Bull Beggar and the Leathermen.
want to get in touch with, um, there's quite a few ways. You can find me really easily on Facebook. I'm just Debbie Hatswell. And ask anybody who's into Bigfoot, they'll probably know where they can find me. But you can get me on email. It's all lowercase. And it's just debbiehatswell at gmail.com. I have a website, which is the British Bigfoot sightings.com. Um, and if you go to the website, it has the map, an interactive map on there. You can look at your town and the, the accounts that are around your town. And you can look at anywhere in the UK. It also has a researcher's map on there. Um, and that's so that if you're interested in the subject or would like to know more about the subject, you can contact a researcher in your area. And they will either take you out with them or chat you with you online and explain to you what they do and what they find. Because there aren't, it isn't just me, Matt. There is, I would have given up a long time ago if there wasn't other evidence coming in. And this is where America becomes very important in Canada. So the reason I made the website is I want to see if we are finding the same things here in the UK that they are finding in America, in Canada, in Russia, in, in France, in Europe. And we are. We are finding the same kind of structures. We are getting a similar kind of footprint. We are getting the same witness statements. And this is happening all across Europe. And I've been incredibly lucky to be in touch with Iger Bertseb. Um, some people know him from the story of Zana, which was the Russian wild woman. And he has studied hominids for at least 60 years in Russia. Um, and there is nothing that man does not know about the Russian wild man. And we both had a similar idea that if we're saying that they're in Russia and they are in the UK, then we have to accept that they should be in the land between the two. So if we're talking at the stage where we were all connected before Doggerland and we broke apart, um, when hominids spread across the world, we should be getting reports from Holland, um, Denmark, the Baltic States, France, we should be getting them. So Iber has been collecting them, and they are out there, and they are coming in. And I've kind of branched out a little bit into Europe as well, and I'm getting European accounts coming in. And it's a similar seven-foot, hairy, looks like a caveman, lives in the woods, makes lexes and arches and footprints, and runs away on seeing of a human. Um, and those reports are everywhere. There will be listeners out there who've probably had an experience and put it down to the spiritual realm. Stones thrown at them in the woods, running footsteps, a bleating figure that you can't really work out what it is. I've had um, accounts come in of a big cat and I've asked them to describe the cat and they have said, well, it looked like a human and a monkey and it didn't have a tail. And I said, well, why did, why did you report it as a big cat? And they said, well, what else can it be? It must be a big cat because there isn't anything else in the UK. But what they're describing is an incredibly muscular, seven-foot-eight-looking cat. So, the pro one of the problems that we have is people don't know what they're seeing. Then you have the problem is, where do you report it to? Because the police won't take your report seriously. And there are reports that go to the police. The newspapers probably won't take your report seriously. I've never seen a, a witness treated nicely in a newspaper, I'll be honest. Um, there's me and there's a spattering of others that will take your report and, and talk to you and say, well, actually, yeah, that happened to me.
church, going as far back as they can into the old stories to see if they can, because there has, there has to be a history of this thing. It must have been mentioned, you know, before 2017. This is one way that we think that we might be able to prove it. One of the things that I'm working on is our early foraging routes. We in the UK had a set system of foraging routes that we were normally between field and coast, um, because then you double your food sources. And we tended to use the same routes over hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. I found on mapping the accounts that they tend to follow those foraging routes, as if something was still using those foraging routes. They also seem to be that the sightings correlate with things like standing stones and uh, Stonehenge, for example. There are an awful lot of accounts of Salisbury um, and Stonehenge. Um, is it because they've always been there? Is it uh, um, something that you recognise? So you've got, is it a place? Is it the energy of the place that they are attracted to? Are they using that energy in some way? That's where my research is going. I want to go down that route. Um, I tend to use my dowsing rods, I'll use a pendulum. So if there's anyone working out there that works with energy and has no interest in the British Bigfoot whatsoever, if you'd be happy to go to a site in the area for me and check the, uh, the, the energy out in that area, that would be a massive help to me because I can't go to every site in the UK where there's been an account. Um, but I think it's something to do with energy lines and ley lines. And that's... Like I say, that's where my interest holds now, so that's the way my research will go. I will always continue to work with the witnesses, and I'll do whatever I can to put people together. But I think the ley lines and the earth shield and the magnetics have something to do with these accounts. Yeah, it's a quite a big subject as well, because uh, ley lines are quite... A thing for Britain, isn't it? Obviously, it might be elsewhere. I'm not saying they're not elsewhere, but it's more recorded over here. And it's, I, I overlaid the maps. I overlaid the map of um, the ley lines onto the British Bigfoot map. Um, and there is kind of correlation. It's not perfect uh, by no means, but on areas where lots and lots of ley lines meet, lots and lots of sites are. Forest to Boland, for example, most people who know that ley lines will know that a lot of ley lines converge at Boland. Forest to Boland has a lot of accounts leading into it and from it. Because if we're saying that this creature is, is flesh and blood like us, you're not always going to be in one place for the rest of your life, are you? You have to move to find food sources and habitat and Or not, can't do you any harm, can it? And no, no, no. 
good. I think we should wrap it up now. Um, I thank you very much for doing this for me. I do appreciate it. I know I'm busy. Anytime, anytime, Mark. Anytime you want me to come back and have a chat, that's absolutely fine. Well, thank you very much for this. Bye then. You're